Son of Porthos. A hot summer day in 1678. The coach from Nantes creaking and swaying along the lonely Salma Road on its way to Paris. Here it is that the six occupants of the coach meet with adventure when they are stopped by a suave rascal calling himself Colonel Cordebouf. This highwayman and his band of cutthroats demand money and valuables and seem to be having it all their own way until the colonel insults the one lady passenger in the coach, the lovely Aurore de Tremblay. Immediately to Mademoiselle's defense comes Squire Joel of Loch Maria, who surprises the robber, puts his company to flight, and is ready with his great sword to avenge the lady's honor. Mademoiselle, however, begs him not to fight, and because of her, the young Breton lets his captive go free. But his mercy is misplaced, and Colonel Cordbouf repays it by firing on him before riding off. Although Joel himself takes both shots, it is Aurore who sinks to the ground with a cry of terror, and the young Breton, completely oblivious of his own wound, rushes to her side. Mademoiselle! Mademoiselle Aurore! Oh, she has been hurt. He has killed her. No, she's only fainted. See, he breathes. Mademoiselle, speak to me. What has happened? Where you hit? Oh, there appears to be no wound. I tell you, she's only fainted. If only someone had some smelling salt. With spice and pepper. Or a dash of cold water. Mademoiselle. See, she flutters her eyelids a little. Mademoiselle. Oh, if I thought that villain had harmed a hair of her head, I'd pursue him to the ends of the earth. Mademoiselle. It really is a most inconvenient spot to faint. For some reason, I've taken a dislike to this part of the road. I would, we could leave it quickly. Oh, what is that? Oh, it, it looks like another coach coming towards us. I'll hail them as they draw level. Hold there! Hold, whoever you are! We need help for a young lady. This young lady whom you see, she's hurt. There has been an accident. One moment. Lady, hurt. I am at your orders, sir. But you, uh, you are wounded. I? Oh, it is only a scratch. I beg of you, do not worry about me. It is this young lady. I will see what I can do for her. Hmm, yes. Esteban, my surgical case. Rest assured, young sir, there is nothing to fear. This young lady is simply under the sway of an attack of nerves produced by emotion. Without being a great physician, I warrant I can relieve her. I am indeed grateful to you, sir, for anything you can do. It is an honor, I assure you. Ah, thank you, Esteban. Now. This uh, calming medicine is good for affections of this nature. You will find it almost instantaneous in its result. Ah, see. She is breathing more easily already, and the color's coming back to her cheek. But she has not yet opened her eyes. Oh, the impatience of you. Fear not, my young friend. The lady will recover consciousness very soon now. But uh, will you not think of having your wound attended to? Wound? A bandage saturated in salt and water and... Will not even leave a mark. It's only a graze. The bullet merely glanced off the temple. You withstood two bullets, not one. You appear to have had quite an adventure. What became of the second bullet? It seemed to strike him on the chest. We saw him stagger under it. My chest? Why, yes. 
See, the knave aimed well. You, you see it flattened on a leather belt, which carries my 500 livres in hard cash. If it had been paper money, why, it would have interfered with my meals, I warrant. As it is, it is only a bruise. <laughs> I compliment you on your escape. But uh, time presses and our patient still needs attention. Is he your sister by chance? Um, your betrothed, by good fortune. I only know her from having traveled in her company these past few hours. Do you know her destination? I think she is for Paris, like the rest of us. Is there no relative of hers among the passengers? Or was she alone? It seems so. Oh, in that case, I offer to see her on her way to safety. You mean take her away? Oh, only as far as her destination. Uh, Master Driver, where do you change horses? At the Golden Heron in Summer. And how long does it take you to reach there? Oh, an hour at least. Ah, then you will find your lady there. I ask your pardon, monsieur. Yes, what is it? Uh, I... Uh... Well, uh, th th that is, if you... My young friend, surely I am not compelled to ask you by what right you interfere to oppose this act of humanity. Uh, no matter, say no more. You are young and impetuous, and I forgive you with a true heart for having forgotten that a lady is always safe under my honor. We will meet again at the Golden Heron. de Bois-Laurier? Your reverend. Oh, monsieur, you forget I am no longer reverend. I beg pardon. You crept up so quietly on there, I was startled. I should have said, my lord duke. You're wrong again, Bois-Laurier. Duke of Almada, I may be, but at the moment I must preserve the strictest incognito until I reach Paris. Then Chevalier d'Herblay is my name. Chevalier d'Herblay it is. So what joy to meet here at the Golden Heron? An unexpected joy. Unexpected? And yet I think you knew I would be here. I was advised of the route you took from Spain, monsieur. I thought so. A roundabout way, but necessary. But tell me, you come specially to see me? I waited here at the Golden Heron, where I thought we'd attract least attention. You did well. What news do you bring? Hmm? Not good news, I'll warrant, if one may judge by the length of your face. Brave news indeed, my lord. The king's new favorite is dead. Dead? Mademoiselle de Fontaine's dead? Too, my lord. Oh, dead at scarcely twenty. A shocking thing indeed, poor girl. How suddenly death struck. And how quickly fate disposes of plans we have taken so long to mature. Oh, that a young girl's life should end so suddenly, that is shocking indeed. Give me the fact, Boilardier. Mademoiselle de Fontage was my protégée. She was to have been my ear and my mouth at court. It was I who influenced the king indirectly, as you know, to take an interest in her. Of course I know that, my lord. It meant a great deal to you to have de Fontaine as the king's favorite in place of Madame de Montespan. Indeed it did. Athenaise de Montespan is no friend of mine, but um, come to the point, speak without reticence, and omit nothing which might enlighten me. Mademoiselle de Fontaine committed three mistakes. She insulted Madame de Montespan and paraded in front of her a triumph for replacing her in the king's affection. Very human failing. Secondly, she took into her service a valet who came from Madame de Montespan. And thirdly, she accepted a cup of milk from this fellow's hand and drank it at one draught when she was thirsty. Oh, poison then. This is a grave accusation you make, Boilerian. It is not my intention, but the general belief. Certain facts brought out of the inquest prove it. And what facts are these? It was established that Madame de Montespan tried to remove her rival by infected garments and gloves, then resorted to a professional poisoner known as Lavoisin. Lavoisin? It is plain that Lavoisin made away with Mademoiselle de Fontange 
And she was burned for her troubles. And the Marchioness, Madame de Montespan, did she then escape justice? Oh, my lord. You know the Marchioness as well as I. She bribed someone to arrange a meeting between herself and the king at which she passed, as only she can do, from weeping to recrimination. And thence to a very high-handed manner. I can imagine it. It is a woman's way of conducting business and a dangerous one. I take it, then, that she is forgiven? Mm, completely. She has no rival now in the king's eye. Oh, well, that leaves us where we began, Boilarie. With the proud Daphnes at court, farmer, and mightier than ever, we have no influence with the king at all. He is no friend of ours, my lord. What step do you suggest now? What step? My friend, we must find us another Mademoiselle de Fontage. Another young and pliable beauty to take the eye of the fickle Louis uh, and to take orders from the King of Spain. This we must do, but what Laurier, where are we to find such a one? Someone not. Were you expecting someone, my lord? No. Oh, but wait. Of course, it is the young man from the Nantes coach. From the coach, my lord. Uh, one moment, please, one moment. It is a long story, I will tell you later. I brought here a young lady who was indisposed. She is resting upstairs. This young man has come to inquire for her, if I am not mistaken. Enter. Monsieur, it is I, Joël. We do not stay here long, monsieur, and I am anxious. Can you inform me when I shall be able to see Mademoiselle du Tremblay? Immediately. See. Even the impatience of youth is rewarded. Mademoiselle is quite recovered. I'll, uh, I'll pull the bell and I'm sure that she'll be with you at once. Uh, she is as impatient to meet her champion as you are to see her. I thank you heartily, sir, and allow me to present my most humble and sincere apologies for... for a bad thought I entertained. Mm, I know you thought I had eloped with your companion. You should have had more respect for my white hair. Indeed, sir. But there is such a weight about my heart. Ah, then it should be lifted now, my friend. For here is Mademoiselle herself. Monsieur, I have come to express my thanks to you, Chevalier, for the attention and care you gave me without knowing who I was. Dear lady, I am well repaid in seeing you so radiant and well again. And to you, monsieur, who so gallantly defended me. Indeed, it is I who must thank you, lady. Um, permit me to ask one question. Uh, your name is not unfamiliar to me. Are you by any chance related to that de Tremblay who was governor of the Bastille? He was my uncle, monsieur, but died some time ago. I am an orphan, and it is on behalf of my younger brothers and sisters I go now to Paris to gain for them by law what is theirs by right. Alas, we have greedy relatives. And our need is great. I wish you every success, dear lady. And may I not know your name, monsieur, before we part? They call me Monsieur D'Herblay. And now, sir, if I am permitted one last recommendation, take Mademoiselle to the dining room and see that she eats heartily before going off on the last part of her journey. I will indeed. And now, good luck to you both. Farewell. We may meet again. Farewell, monsieur. My grateful thanks are always yours, Chevalier. Hmm. A handsome couple, Boislarier. A simple lad and of such great stature. He brings to mind my old friend, Porthos. Is that all he, they, bring to your mind, my lord? <laughs> How well you read my mind. No, my friend, that is not all. I love the child, Mademoiselle de Tremblay. 
and gentle, too. And often, she said, Yes, my lord. Then salute her loneliness, Valerie. She is the rising star. Mademoiselle du Tremblay, unless I am mistaken, will displace La Montespan. My friend, we have found the woman we seek. <laughs> 